0: Hi, welcome back to ARZone. I'm your host, Carolyn Bailey. In this, our second series of interviews in association with VegFest UK, we'll be addressing the issue of total liberation through radical veganism in the lead-up to the VegFest UK London event in October 2017. In today's episode, we're very pleased to welcome back to ARZone our guest, Julia Feliz-Brooke. Julia is a decade-long vegan, mother of two, a scientist and published author and illustrator. She's also the founder of Sanctuary Publishers, a vegan book publisher that gives back to marginalised communities with every book sold. Sales from Julia's new guide, the Baby and Toddler Vegan Feeding Guide, will help support the work of Chilis on Wheels, an organisation that helps to feed the homeless with vegan meals. Julia, welcome back to ARZone. Thank you. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me on again. You're very welcome. Julia, as I mentioned in the intro, you have a new book, which is very exciting. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. Would you please talk with us about that and about why you felt there was a need for this book? Yes.
1: Um, thank you so much. So um, the reason why I wrote it is is personal and that I really felt a real urgency to use my background as a scientist uh, to help parents sort through all the often pseudoscience-based info- information out there um, that you really find on the internet and in um, many of the, the, the parenting groups the, that I'm in. And I wanted to, to give parents a resource that is short to the point and evidence-based to ensure that they're confident in, in feeding their children. And I also want to to help prevent more stories of children suffering or dying um, because of what people perceive is due to veganism. um, and Because it it really is possible to raise vegan children safely and simply, but it must be evidence-based and certain things need to be taken into account. And most importantly, well, not most importantly, but importantly, I also wanted this to be a book that parents could quote from Uh, to medical professionals if they were ever bullied or harassed, which unfortunately happened to me when my son was born. And I just realized that there's just so much misinformation on both sides, and I hope that we can finally bridge that gap between the perception of veganism and in using science and medicine for our benefit, because science does support um, plant-based diets.
0: Thanks, Julia. You mentioned the misinformation. There was a recent tragic story of a seven-month-old baby in Belgium. His name was Lucas, and he died from organ failure. His parents were vegan, and the headlines right around the world about the story were that um, baby dies from vegan diet. The reports even made claims such as that this is a regular occurrence because a child who had vegan parents also died back in 2015. Obviously, it's not a regular occurrence that children die because of a vegan diet. Just in the last few days, for example, the British Dietetic Association reconfirmed that vegan diets are healthful for all stages of life. Can you talk about that and why this seems to happen? Uh,
1: it's, it's awful. Um, the story makes you really upset for, for several reasons. And, of course, the child is dead mm. and his death was preventable. And again, there's so much misinformation and fear mongering and conspiracies about things that are safe, um, that, you know, directly lead to horrible cases such as this one. And then the media latches on and, of course, blames it on veganism, which isn't even a diet. Um, and it happens because of what I said, misinformation, fear mongering and conspiracies and this is really controversial, but um, one of the things that needs to be said is formula saves lives, and homemade milks and plant-based milks are absolutely not okay for infants. I've even been, um, after the birth of my son, I was even told um, that I could feed my, my you know, baby, my infant and infant under 12-month-old um, carrot juice because it was just as good as formula. And not just one person; several people actually said this in, in a parenting group. And these are the kinds of things that no, no. <laughs> uh, so um, we often hear these stories, and and it's awful. And obviously, they're not limited to to vegans raising children. Um, and the media is at fault for a lot of the fear-mongering that people buy into as well. But if our movement doesn't embrace evidence-based medicine and, you know, rejects pseudoscience, these stories will continue and children will continue to die and veganism will remain seen as fringe and dangerous. Um, And also another thing that's important is Plant-based and natural does not automatically mean healthy or better for everyone or in all cases. And I think this is a reality that um, we need to come to terms with.
0: Absolutely, I completely agree with you. Julia, Sanctuary Publishers is a new venture for you. Can you tell us what's different about Sanctuary?
1: Yes, I'm really excited. It happened really spontaneously. Um, It's, as you mentioned, a new vegan book publisher, but it's much more than that. Um, Even as an oppressed person myself, I realized that I have privileges that I can use to help raise the voices of other animals and marginalized communities through my abilities and talents as an author and illustrator. So I founded Sanctuary Publishers to basically do just that. Um, Our books will help raise the voices of marginalized communities, but at the same time, the books will attempt to give back to these communities through their sales. For example, my new book supports parents and caretakers through feeding their children plant-based diets, which in turn helps them um, embrace veganism which is the reason we're vegans, and a portion of sales from each book will go towards Chilis on Wheels, which is a vegan nonprofit, as you mentioned before, um, that helps to feed homeless people, people in need, and um, non-human animals. Our next book um, will help to raise the voices of vegans of color in order to help vegans understand why it is vital that Uh, We embrace inclusivity and reject all oppression as a basis if we're going to expand um, the movement. And uh, so those are, that's what I'm working on at the moment and we have several other books um, in the works that will also help support marginalized communities and um, carry on that message that we need to stand up against all oppression. And, by the way, we are on Patreon (laughs) if you want to support our work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll put the the information on (laughs) with with, with the post. Um, Julia, I wanted to ask you about equality in the animal advocacy community. As you've mentioned, Sanctuary is giving a voice to vegans of colour. But I often hear people say, I don't see colour. And I hear white vegans claim that racism, along with ableism, sexism and other isms, are not an issue in the advocacy community or in the vegan community. Why is it important to give a platform to marginalised groups as part of our vegan advocacy? And what problems might we face if we continue ignoring these groups and individuals and focusing on in inverted commas, the animals, at the expense of marginalised groups. Say, for example, tolerating racism in the vegan community because we worry that calling racism out might turn non-vegans away.
1: I want to first say that when someone says they don't see colour, that is a form of racism because, you know, that's basically ignoring so <laughs> many issues Um For example, I, as a person of color, experience life so much differently than a person that's not of color because there's so many stereotypes and so much history um, that comes with with what I look like um, based on things like colonialism. Um, Basically, vegans of color can't just take their skin color and experiences off and leave them at the door just because we're vegan. And it's unfortunate, but, but, as I mentioned, color determines how we experience life, the types of inequalities we experience, and pretty much everything, how we experience everything. This isn't something we can just simply ignore because we're fighting for non-human animals. Um, ignoring racism and other isms and excusing these types of oppressions from others just makes our movement unsafe for those of us that are oppressed and it further marginalizes other groups, which means veganism remains a fringe movement made up of mostly white vegans when the majority of the world is made up of people of color. Um, For example, would you feel comfortable working with someone who basically thought you were worth less than they are?
0: Absolutely not. (laughs)
1: So imagine, you know, being part of a movement where where the people say, well, no, we have to tolerate this person because they're fighting for animals. But then in turn, what about vegans of color that are also oppressed and are also fighting for other animals? It's not really safe for us if you're also inviting people that are uh, openly oppressing us. In our own movement, so that tends to discourage, um, you know, people from from even being open um, or, you know, to our movement. And so, basically, it, rejecting all forms of oppression does not take away from non humans at all. It, it, that's it's actually the opposite. And um, doing so, you know, rejecting all oppression makes her movement more inclusive to all so we can actually spread veganism even more. And because of this, it is absolutely vital that vegans do not tolerate racism and that they learn um, about their own hand in racism and put the work in. Otherwise, in the end, the ones that suffer are the very animals that, that we
0: claim to want to help. Absolutely, it makes perfect sense, I think. It seems that if somebody says something like, I don't see colour, as you say, it's a form of racism in itself, and it can be, I imagine, can be very offensive. But it also seems to be a real position of privilege. It's like saying, these issues don't impact me personally, so I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely privilege to
1: be able to live life without acknowledging the struggles that other people experience mm-hmm. and focusing only on single issues or single movements such as you know only focusing on the animals and then just ignoring the behavior that you have or you know your own hand at oppression over other people so it's definitely a privilege to be able to to just shrug off <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. Other,
1: what other people say?
0: Yeah, Julia. How does a person get hold of your new book, and how do we contact you at Sanctuary Publishers? The
1: book is available on Amazon um, all in various countries, including um, I think that e- in Australia it's only the ebook, but in Europe you can get a the paper the paper copy as well as in the US, Germany, etc. Um, uh, Europe in general I mean in Canada as well and um, also Vegan Essentials carries um, my book and you can get it in touch with me at www.sanctuarypublishers.com and the email is info at but we're also on Facebook under Sanctuary Publishers and as an author, you can also find me under um, Julia Felice, uh, Brooke, B-R-U-E-C-K.
0: Okay, Julia, thank you so much <laughs> for giving us your time today. And thank you again for everything that you continue to do on behalf of both humans and other animals. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you for having
0: me again. It's it great, great time. To the- you <laughs> yeah, you too. No of the animal kingdom. past maturity
1: member of the animal kingdom ever did a thing to me that's why I don't eat red meat or white fish don't give me no blue cheese we're all members of